Welcome to Spielin' and Dealing, the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is a producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Borgani. The GHSA season is here. We have Class 3A basketball to preview, and we got some state rankings to dive right into. Yes, sir. We'll start on the boys' side, and your top five are Sandy Creek, Windsor Forest, Johnson, Savannah, Hart County, and Upson Lee. But I do want to start with the number one, Sandy Creek. You say that they are the clear favorites to win um, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the most surprised. How surprised will you be if Sandy Creek gets knocked off this season? Mm, that's a really good question, Ramin. I would put it at uh, I would put it at either an eight and a half or a nine. It's not now. It's not a ten, but probably I'd probably settle for a nine. I mean, they're loaded. They got kids that have transferred in. They have a probably a future All American and Jambari Smith, who pretty much is just going to be just almost unguardable um, at the three A level. Uh, they're going to be really good. Miles Rice transfers in, averaged almost 23 points per game at East Side. Uh, he has some cohesion now, playing with Jabari Smith with the Atlanta Celtics. Over the summer, you got Deshaun Proc, big physical presence inside. Micah Smith is going to be the next high. Uh, I don't want to put high major on his head right now, but the next really, really good Division One prospect, a six-seven freshman uh, on the wing. You got Jordan Brewer, who's back, that you know disappeared off. Um, off the radar for a while i'm not sure i never delve into what happened but he was gone playing basketball for like a year and a half two years but that's a six seven junior that was a highly touted guy uh you know heading into high school so he's there you got victor newsom's got a kennesaw state offer already as a sophomore so they are they are stacked and loaded um they're playing a pretty competitive region in region five you're looking at Carver Atlanta has a tough player in Mitchell Taylor um, Douglas Atlanta um, they have uh, Gaddis Heath who's a, a good junior guard GAC uh, they got Lamar Randolph Josh Fulton who's going to have a really strong year Eddie Page is six foot eight inside Dominic Cooks transferred in from Tucker at six foot nine so that provides some some size inside to kind of compete um, so you, you got that right there uh, and then Westminster's a team that's going to try and execute, and they got a couple solid guards coming back as well that are seniors. Um, so it, it's it's going to be uh, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but they're just so head and shoulders above pretty much everybody they're going to see in Class 3A. Uh, it would be a major surprise if anyone from Class 3A, whether in their region or outside of that region, is able to knock off Sandy Creek this year. And now for the two teams behind them, Windsor Force and Johnson Savannah battling for Savannah. Windsor Force has a slight edge in the preseason rankings. Why, Kyle? Um, you know, I think they're a little bit older. Um, you got Shamar Norman coming back, uh, a guy that can get you 16 to 20 points per game any night. Um, shoots the ball exceptionally well from outside. Um, Dante Bass uh, on the verge of really blowing up a athletic six foot seven combo four that can just do a lot of great things. Um, and then you have, um, Ray Williams who is back. And then Mike, uh, Caballero, both those guys, uh, played key minutes in the backcourt. So those guys are back. And then I believe they did beat Johnson. I want to say they beat them two out of three times. Um, last year if i'm not mistaken you might need to fact check me on that but i know they they did win the series 
um, with Johnson uh, last year. They did beat them two out of three times, so they have success over them. Um, but really, it, it's you know if they're if they're opening up ahead of Johnson, it's really not by much. I mean, my goodness, you're looking at the Adam Smashers coach Chuck Campbell has taken over the program. Um, he's got a, a lot of excitement surrounding them now. Imandre um, Bowles one of the, the better players in the state of Georgia that hasn't really exploded in the college recruitment scene. But, you know, that's a guy that's going to give you, you know, 21 points, nine rebounds, six assists, and two steals. Uh, was a co-region player of the year. He's going to carry that team. He is going to make sure that Johnson has a really good year. Uh, there's just no way that they don't have a, a terrific run. Um, you got Antonio Antonio Baker, a really good young sophomore. I think he's got a chance to be the next big-time player coming out of Johnson Savannah, a really good score. Um, but the guy that really is going to be key for this team and really try and you know change the complexion and give them some size inside and just a really diverse skill set is six foot six, two hundred sixty-five pound point forward Jaheim Robinson, who, who transferred in from Groves last year ineligible last year he's cleared to play this year from everything i've, I've heard uh, this is a guy that was really good over the summer did some things that you just don't see big men do with the way he handled the ball the way he uh, passed the ball uh, just big strong rebounder could block some shots could play above the rim um, just slotting him in there knowing that he could play pretty much three to four positions for you gonna cause a ton of mismatches um, that's gonna be great a great match of see Robinson going up against Bass inside and, you know, just seeing how these two coaches kind of place these guys all along the court to just to find a, the right matchup for them to really take advantage of. So I think Johnson and Windsor Forest are going to be great games all throughout the year. Don't be surprised to see those two teams trade blows and see them go up and down, switch places throughout the season in the top 10. And now let's talk about the number four and number 10 teams in your rankings, Hart County and Monroe area, respectively. They both um, were two sides of the same coin in Region 8 last year. Hart County sputtering to uh, losing five of their final six games out of Region 8, whereas Monroe area won eighth out of their last 10 to finish the year. So where do you see both of these teams' trajectories this year, Kyle? Uh, I love Hart County. I think they have a chance to play spoiler this year. With Taj Johnson, a six foot seven sophomore, that with uh, TSF over the summer is going to continue to get better and better. But you know, Sean Webb, six foot four senior, I think he's the most underrated player in the state of Georgia. And you can say that about a lot of guys, but I think he is the most underrated player in the state of Georgia. An elite on-ball defender, an elite on-ball defender. You do not say that much about high school players, but he is an elite on-ball defender with outstanding wingspan, uh, probably has a 6'7 uh, wingspan or so, can just just take over games, just poking balls away, blocking shots. He's gotten so much better as a playmaker. He's a really solid shooter as well. Average over 18 points, four rebounds, three assists, and three steals a year ago. Uh, he is... He's the straw that stirs the drink. He's the, that, that guy that you could put up against a Sandy Creek or one of these powerhouse teams, and he's going to be able to fit in. Like He would be able to start on teams like that. That's how good he is. Uh, he just doesn't get as much uh, publication as maybe he deserves since he did play on a, a travel team, the Big Shots, out of South Carolina, and plus he is on that border of South Carolina over there in, in Hartwell, so he's kind of up there on the, uh, the northeastern side of the state, but... He is a dang good player. 
Uh, but the X factor this year for Hart County is going to be six foot three junior J.C. Curry. Athletic, can shoot the ball from deep, has waited his time to get into the rotation. He averaged six points, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal a game last year. But he had some big time uh, late in the offseason, had a 40 ball at the prep hoops camp that had any, everybody talking. Um, he can get to the lane. He can throw it down. Um, he was at that Georgia Stars um, uh, combine camp, I believe it was. I think he had a really good showing there as well. J.C. Curry, we're looking at a kid that could end up giving you you know, 12 to 15 points per game this year. And if you have three guys giving you close to 12 to 15 points per game, that's a really good trio, especially at that 3A level. So I really do like Hart County a lot. And then Monroe area, I think that's a team ranked at number 10 right now. They were going to open a little bit higher, but uh, things happen, and they, they're they opening at number 10. But if they're 100% healthy, if they get everyone back and they're ready for the stretch run, that team is going to skyrocket up the pole, and you do not want to see them in the postseason. They beat Westside. Uh, Macon last year 71-66 in the postseason upset that team and you know that's a team that peaked at the right time um, Kevin Strickland's done a really good job he's got Derek Brown a six foot six four that averaged uh, 13 points and close to 10 rebounds an inside out threat that can shoot the three ball and stretch the floor Kendrick Lyles if he's able to play that's 18 points four rebounds and shot 40 percent from three really shifty guy knows how to draw fouls just knows how to put points on the scoreboard. And then you got a six foot three junior, Demarion Whitner, who's I believe coming off the football field will provide some bulk inside. And then Vontae Newell, a freshman guard, could see some early minutes as a really good distributor in the backcourt. So Monroe area, if they get everybody healthy, if everything's all good to go, it might not be at the beginning of the year, but later in the year. Um, this hurricane team is going to be very, very, very tough to beat. And again, I could see him in row area and Hart County. They could be having some great battles over there in region eight. Number six, Lafayette finished the year 25 and three and number seven cross Creek finished their uh, best season in school history at 25 and seven. But I want to talk about number nine, Dawson County, who you wrote in your write up, Kyle felt like an airport this off season. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> yeah, they had a lot of people coming in. We got a new head coach in Todd Cottrell, who was uh, just a terrific run over there at Lakeview Academy. And he's coached a similar uh, type of team that, you know, he hasn't always had like superior athletes. He's been a team that really executes and smart players and three point shooters and space the floor and, you know, team defense hasn't had you know, a bunch of division one players walking through those doors or a bunch of six, seven, six, eight guys. It's usually a bunch of small little guards and he's going to have a similar group at Dawson County, but with a little more size, a little more athleticism. And, uh, so he, he, he takes over there. And then the Atlanta Wolfpack, that travel ball team, uh, three of their players end up over there, uh, at Dawson County to really bolster a team that, you know, they were, they were terrific last year. They were 25 and two heading into the postseason before just, uh, an epic collapse against a 5-1 Cedar Grove team. But you're looking at Jake Kraft from Forsyth Central, 11 points per game. Uh, Joakim Celestin, uh, 6'2", average over 8 points per game. And then uh, Tyler Lane provides some uh, physicality, 6'3". Um, he's coming over from West Forsyth. You add those guys in uh, to a, 
to a team that already has some talent coming back uh, and Gibson, Jaden Gibson, Jasper Gibson's younger brother, who's a, a football player. But once he gets off the field, he has shown some uh, signs of being a really good player once he gets some more experience. Um, so Dawson County, a lot of new faces in there, a lot of really good, solid players. And you got Coach Cottrell taking over the program. I think Dawson County's in really good hands. I don't think they're going to win 25 games like last year, but I think that's a team that is going to be in the mix for uh, a top seed. I know they're going to have to battle with Cherokee Bluff, which is going to be tough, but I think Dawson County has a chance to be a, a pretty competitive team throughout the season. On the 3A side, Kyle, who are the teams who were just on the cusp but missed opening the season in the top 10? Uh, teams that just missed out, uh, you're really looking at uh, a team like Cherokee Bluff. Just kind of mentioned them a second ago. Um, they got Corey Thomas coming back. Um, I guess he broke his leg last year, and it was just a, a terrible thing. And he was averaging like 18 points and 12 rebounds when he got hurt. So if he's fully back healthy and he's got his his you know his skill set still right there, that's a, a big six eight six nine post player that's going to dominate and average a double double for you. A really good sleeper, really good uh, bloomer. I think he has an MTSU offer, so. He was a known, uh, a known burgeoning prospect before he uh, got hurt in all season. And uh, we got a sophomore, Cade Simmons, uh, a really uh, fun to watch little guy. He could shoot the ball extremely well. He's a sharp playmaker. I think he has a chance to take the next step. And then uh, if he plays, if he's healthy, um, you know, he's a football player. He's got a, you know, got a big time football career ahead of him. But Shad Dabney. Uh, moved in from Riverside Military. If he decides to play basketball this year, uh, that's a really good guard that has, you know, had a, you know, an equally great career on the basketball court like he's had on the football field. Um, that would give um, Coach Wood a, a tremendous big three right there. So I think Cherokee Bluff is a team uh, that I, I'm looking at that just kind of missed out on making it into the top ten. We've had a somewhat long discussion about um, the field here in Class 3 ACOB, but if you had to pick a single dark horse, who would it be? Ooh. Well, I won't say Cherokee Bluff because that would probably be my dark horse. Um, and I have to pick a single one. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you two teams, and I'm going to pick one out of the two. And these are dark, dark horses because we're talking about we're coming from a region that traditionally – is not good, Ramin, uh, and that is Region 6. And I'm not going to say Lafayette's a dark horse. I think Lafayette is got a chance to be really, really good this year, and if they have home court advantage as deep as they can take it into the postseason, they're going to be extremely tough to beat. But there's two other teams in Lakeview, Ford Oglethorpe, 23-5 and a season ago, and Murray County, 18-8. and LFO, they got their top three players coming back. Sophomores Brent Bowman. And Jamichael Davis, uh, Bowman's a really skilled, solid guard on the perimeter, and Davis is a really good athlete that can get out and transition and finish at the rim. And they got a senior in Cameron Gregg, Macy Gregg, little brother, who's playing at North Georgia, sharpshooter in her own right. But Cameron Gregg is a really good third option right there. So LFO, 23-5 and five a season ago. I like them. And then Murray County, they were 18-8 and eight last year, but they have their entire team coming back, including 6'5 senior reigning region player of the year, Hayden Newport. 
He's a solid inside-out threat. And then Ethan Hicks was an all-region player right there. So that's a, a really good core. You're looking at a team in Murray County who's pretty much all seniors. You're looking at an LFO team where their best players are youngsters out of those two teams. I'm thinking Lakeview, Fort Oglethorpe. That is my dark, 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 dark horse to uh, um, kind of make some things happen. Might be able to give Lafayette a run for their money. Might be able to steal a really high seed and uh, could be a team that we could see in the Sweet 16 possibly possibly even the elite eight just depending on how the brackets play out come state tournament time and now let's flip it over to the girls side of class 3a your top five open gac johnson savannah beach cross creek and rock mart which if you're following last year is not a huge surprise the names there but kyle the nouns you used to describe class 3a is um are quite descriptive cannibalization maybe you were in the halloween Uh, frame of mind when you wrote these it's certainly around that season but the point is regions five six and seven are all going to be very competitive so which one is going to be the hardest in your opinion and why Ooh, yeah um the hardest the toughest region out of those um i would say it's 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 got to be region five is the toughest region on the girls side you're looking at shoot you're looking at cedar grove it was 19 and six. They're ranked number seven. Uh, GAC ranked number one, defending state champs. Um, Sandy Creek is unranked, but they're 18 and 11. Uh, that's a team that's really good. Uh, a team that you really don't want to play with. Janiah Hodges, a, a do everything little guard. Ariel Belinga, big six foot two post presence, just uh, committed to Coastal Carolina. And uh, Janae Walker, who's about six foot two. Um, I think she's only like a, a sophomore, maybe. She's got a chance to be really, really good uh, just with how mobile and strong she is. And she can shoot the three and she can drive the ball. So Sandy Creek's really good. And then obviously Westminster, they're opening up at number nine. Courtney Ogden's a five-star blue chip sophomore, averaged, um, what, 20 points and 11 rebounds a season ago as a freshman. Uh, their top players, uh, they're at least their top four, all sophomores so they're they're a really young team and if they continue to get better alongside courtney ogden uh westminster has a chance to do some major damage and then even uh douglas douglas um people are asking where is where is douglas i i have douglas as a dark horse this year two-time defending state champs in class 2a they move up to 3a shanti weems is still there athletic five foot ten wing um she's really gonna have to prove that she can score on the half court and she can shoot the ball from the perimeter uh primarily known as a a player that gets a lot of her points on steals layups slashes to the basket uh without uh cess berry in the backcourt anymore um that's really gonna put some more of the uh, burden on weems to kind of shoulder the load and it's going to come down to does she have enough of a supporting cast to help her out? And now you're playing in a really, really tough region. Um, Douglas, maybe they, they – I mean, it's not like out of the realm of possibility that they crack into the top ten. I mean, the top ten is – it's it's brutal this year. There's going to be a ton of teams getting in there because it's just so many really good teams in North Georgia. And then you're looking at that Atlanta area region in Region 5. But um, Douglas, it's, it's definitely going to be a – you're going to have to show it. You're going to have to prove it. I know you won back-to-back titles, but you lost a lot. A Kenya King, you don't have a six foot four post player inside anymore. Williams is a great player, but does she have enough supporting cast to get into the top ten in a very competitive classification? It remains to be seen. 
Number three, Beach lost all four meetings with Johnson Savannah last year, and they eventually fell to GAC in the state championship. Um, and predictably, they open at number three below GAC and Johnson Savannah. Does Beach have enough firepower this year to overcome their um, their obstacles? I know Kayla Rogier in herself does. Going to North Florida, little guard, average over 15 points per game. I love her game. Really compact, shoots the ball exceptionally well. Um, really opened some eyes in the state championship game last year against GAC. Now, outside of her, that's where it gets to, you know, you're looking, again, supporting cast. You know, a lot of these teams, they have one great star player, but then they graduate a lot around them. It's who's going to take that next step. Um, you know, Madison Evans, she's gone. She's at Bruden Parker now. Uh, you're looking at your, your second leading scorer coming back. Is junior Amaya Dantzler, who averaged over seven points and eight rebounds per game. I don't know if she's really a player that you can just toss the ball inside and let her score back to the basket. She's more of a, you know, get it off the backboard and score inside. But um, for Beach to compete with those top two teams, I think it's going to come down to who is going to be that other guard? Who is going to take the load off Rogier? Not from just a scoring standpoint, but from a ball handling standpoint. I expect Rogier to have a, a crazy easy usage rate this year Um, but for beach to really contend for another state title it's who is going to help her out take the load off her let her catch some minutes on the bench catch a breather here and there especially in the state tournament when she's going to be logging big minutes Um, you know if she ever gets in foul trouble who is going to be that next man up to really help the bulldogs and that's something that we're going to look forward to uh, finding out throughout the season Kyle, number four, Cross Creek was a buzzer beater away from playing in Macon, and obviously fate turned out differently, but they come back here in the top five again, and Rock Mart, who who you dubbed the most dominant player a season ago, Kiara Berry, is back, and she is looking to lead her team back to another shot at the championship. How do you have the middle of Class 3A shaking out? I think it's going to be wildly competitive. I think it's going to be awesome to track all throughout the year. Cross Creek, I really like cross creek um you know i I believe they're dropping down a classification from i think it was 4a a year ago um and you got a stud in jordan dorsey i've watched the tape i need to go see her play in person she is a real deal and you know average close to 18 points six rebounds three assists and three steals she can take over games a dynamic athlete really really good uh, plays bigger than her size. She is really tough. And I wrote about it on the website. She could be this year's Jaleesa Reese, um, who led America Sumter to the state title last year in class 4A, who's at Troy now. Um, just a player from one of these more rural type areas um, that is just a superstar stud and can just lift everybody else around her up to another level. Um, for Cross Creek to take a really deep run, which I think they can do. I think Aaron Martin is going to have to have a good, strong season, a junior that averaged 10 points per game a year ago. They got a couple other pieces as well. Um, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at Jordan Dorsey to really carry the load. And then Aaron Martin uh, put up some uh, double digit scoring numbers. And then Rock Mart, you know, Kiara Berry, um, shoot. She averaged 36 points and 13 rebounds in the postseason. Um, she is going to be unstoppable. She's going to get her points. It's just going to come down to, again, does she have enough alongside her? Megan Little, she can help out when she's hot, but she uh, she loves to take some long three-point shots. And when she's hitting them, it really works out. But sometimes I questioned her shot selection. Um, 
And, you know, you're looking at Barry averaging 32 points and nine rebounds over the regular season. Uh, and then Megan Little averaged 12 points per game. Um, but outside of that, you don't really have anybody else that produced um, any type of point production. And um, they had Southwest Macon beat last year, but they could not handle the press. They were not able to get the ball into Kiara Barry's hands. Um, like she had to have the ball in her hands at all times or else they were going to throw the ball away. And that's really what, you know, did a man bad, bad decision-making, bad turnovers. Um, you know, you have a great player like Barry. And if it's a close game like that, and if you feel momentum swing, like almost the entire position, it's got to be in her hands. Like she might, she's gonna probably going to get double and triple team, but there's no excuse. Even if it's just her dribbling the ball up the court, cause she can break the press so easily. She's a, a freak athlete, a burst of speed right up the court. Uh, just have one of those blaster plays on the inbounds, have her inbound the ball, throw it right back to her. If you know, get it to her as quick as you can and just let her just skyrocket down the floor. Cause she gets so many points in transition, so many points on layups. Um, but you know, it's just, again, is there enough around her enough good ball handlers? If like, if she can't get the ball, can Megan little handle, um, the, the ball pressure of these, these teams when they'd come to trap, it's something that is, uh, coach, Andre Clark is really going to have to figure out who their their third guard's going to be because Kiara Barry she's just going to have an insane insane load to carry this year and um, I don't know if they're going to go as deep as they did last year because I just think this is a really good classification but if you have Barry suited up you're always going to have a chance so that's one thing uh, that the Rockmart Yellow Jackets have going for them. The last team to make the cut in this very deep Class 3A on the girls' side is Kohula Creek. So let's talk about them for a second before um, listing off how many other teams are close or were in contention for being ranked. So far, I have Sandy Creek and Douglas that I caught throughout the rest of this um, podcast, but I know you may have seven or eight other names ready to list off there, Kyle. Yes, sir. Um, Kohula Creek, number 10 to open up. 20 and 8 last year only lost to jefferson 62 55 in the first round which is really impressive because jefferson was a state title team last year they lost to gac by what like three points or so in the in the state tournament so jefferson's really really good and quality creek played them really tight really well and they have a really good big three coming back caitlin richards big physical strong rebounder average a double double last year she's going to shorter um, six foot, just, you know, a tough player can score inside. You got a three point shooter and Emma Turner, real, real little girl, about five, three, but she can shoot the lights out. And then Kenley Woods is, is really one of the best passers in the state of Georgia. Now she doesn't have elite foot speed. She plays at her own pace. Um, sometimes I think defensively, if they go up against these teams that have really good slashers, uh, I want to see how she's able to defend and defend consistently against them. Um, but offensively, she is so good. She gets, you know, outlet passes and she takes one dribble and she floats in these great passages, dropping, dropping the ball into her uh, teammates hands. Like she's a, a quarterback, you know, floating one into a receiver over the shoulder passes, uh, just beautiful, um, you know, lead passes, get so many points that way. She sees plays or even there and she can just rifle them in. Um, she's going to be able to manipulate defenses extremely well. Um, just a great passer uh, overall. And I think she's really going to help this Coal Creek team um, do some damage. Uh, but they're in a real tough region. Uh, you're looking at region six. Uh, that's teams that, 
you know, Ringgold unranked at 20 and nine last year. And we just mentioned rock Mart at number five, 23 and seven Sonoraville at number eight, 23 and seven. So a really, really, really good region that they're going up against. And, uh, Ramin, um, I'm going to have to take a drink of water right here before I go into these other, uh, <laughs> these other teams that just missed because we got a lot of them. So give me a second, Ramin, but before we get to that, give me, give me your thoughts right now. What are you seeing? On this classification, I know I mentioned a lot of North Georgia schools, and believe it or not, of course, there's going to be a lot of North Georgia schools that just missed out on the top 10. But what do you think about this classification as far as what you know about these teams? And is there anything that really stands out to you? Well, I think it's just interesting. Normally, we talk about how wide open things are on the uh, boys' side, especially as we got to you know 6A last year. But 3A, by all accounts, on the girls' side, may be the most competitive classification in terms of, you know, teams able to beat each other in kind of these 20 and 6, 21 and 7, whatever these records end up being, because all these teams keep on falling against each other. We talked about Region 5, 6, and 7 at the beginning. They're teams we haven't even touched on in the top 10 here. Um, so it's going to be really, really fun to watch. And as you've heard here, this podcast got long, and usually maybe on the girls' side, things keep flipping because of a paucity of information, but that is not the case this year. We know a lot about these teams. We know a lot about these players who are coming back. And even with all this information, we still think the rankings are going to be changing that much because truly it's not, you know, we, we didn't have information before and we're revising our rankings now that we know more, but it's just teams keep on beating each other and they play, you know, better or worse and they're true, true shifts in the rankings. So it will be fun to track yeah. throughout the season. It's something to keep an eye on here, Kyle. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. Uh, very good segue into these teams that just missed the top 10 because I, I got a lot of them. And like I said, uh, you know, it's going to be tough because, you know, teams are going to beat each other. Like some of these teams might be on the doorstep. Like, yes, if we just have it put together a nice two and a week, we are in the top 10, but they're probably going to be playing one of these other teams that are saying the exact same thing too. So instead of all these nice clean two and O weekends or, uh, you know, three and O weeks to get into the top, we're going to see one and two or two and one, but those two losses are going to be against two teams in the top 10. And, you know, it's just going to be a lot of, uh, you know, 17, 18 win teams, but maybe like nine or 10 losses. But out of those nine and 10 losses, maybe six or seven of them are against ranked opponents, um, which is going to make it, you know, really, really tough to kind of break down and going to make it really fun come state tournament time. But a team that just missed the top 10, and I did have them in the top 10 before the season started, was Lumpkin County. Ramin, 15 and 11 a year ago, they made it into the state tournament. Um, I believe they made it in as that at-large team, and they they ran into Johnson Savannah, and that was that wasn't pretty. But Lumpkin County has pretty much everybody back. Isabel Davenport, love her game. Going to be a really solid, nice Division two guard. Very good, shoots the ball well, knows how to play. Very coachable. You got Lexi Pierce, who's a year older now, a really good guard that is, you know, not afraid to get up under. Ball handlers really try to get into them, defend them, turn them a lot. Um, you know, a physical defender uh, plays very hard, and they got a really good freshman. Avery Jones is going to make a major, major impact this year. Can score the ball, plays very mature. Um, I, I love her game. That is going to be a great, a great trio uh, right there in the backcourt. Uh, but you know, looking at this team, why did they not open up in the top ten? 
an injury. And that's one of the things that I hate because it always leads to what ifs, the great what ifs. Now, this this uh, Lumpkin County team, I think they're going to look a lot more guard oriented than last year. I thought they were very balanced last year, but this year I think um, it's just going to be real guard heavy because Kate Jackson, five foot 11, uh, averaged a double double last year as a freshman. And that's that's pretty big. A double double. Your tallest player as a freshman last year tore her ACL, and sadly, I actually watched it happen at next play 360. Didn't look like you know much. I didn't see her go down, but I did see her go down. It wasn't you know one of those crazy things. It wasn't screaming and crying and yelling, but uh, I guess it was a, a torn ACL and um, out for the season. It looks like, and that is a huge loss. And again, this is this is a thing especially in 3A, especially in these really tough classifications when it's so competitive. The class is just too good for a team that's not at full strength to open up in the top 10. Now, that doesn't mean they can't get into the top 10 because I think it's very, very likely. But when the margin of error is so thin and all these teams are just, you know, coin flip games, if you don't have all your best players ready to go, when again, I was going to say when the ball is tipped, we're not doing jump balls anymore. RIP. But um, when you don't have your full your full army to go, it's it's just really hard to say. Yeah, I'm still going to put you ahead of a team that has everybody coming back and you know they're they're fully healthy. So that's the only reason why Lumpkin County's not ranked in that middle of the pack right now is because Kate Jackson is not there, and I think that's a really big loss, and that's going to put some some pressure on. Um, some of these other players, Mackenzie Caldwell, who's always been a, a really good, you know, combo forward rebounder can go on the perimeter a little bit. She's going to have to do some damage inside and really help rebound. And then, uh, you know, a sophomore Mary Mullinex as well. I think she's going to see some big, big minutes as well. Um, it's just one of those things. That's why Lumpkin County, um, sadly got left out just a dang injury at the wrong time. Never a good time to get an injury, but especially a, a big injury like that ending a season before it starts that that's why Lumpkin's out. Um, then another team you're looking at Pierce County, 23 and six, uh, last year. Um, they have everybody back, including the region player of the year, a junior Natalie Heron, a guard, uh, who's a really good softball player as well. But Pierce County at 23 and six, um, they have everybody back. I'll have to do some, uh, research and pull it up to, uh, see, uh, what, what, they did in the state tournament last year um but uh that's a team that has everybody back they always battle with tattnall county who's another team that lost just one player and you know that region one they're always they always come from way way out across the way like these north georgia teams are never seeing these teams in south georgia so it's you never know what you're gonna get but um that's a team that is really good pierce county and like i said tattnall county has a ton coming back and just looking at what uh, Pierce did um, last year. They did beat Kendrick in the first round, and then they lost by 31 to Jefferson, who was really, really good last year. Um, but looking at some of these other teams quickly, um, Gilmer, Gilmer, 18 and eight last year. They got a junior that's about six foot tall. Ellie Callahan averaged 16 points and nine rebounds. I think Gilmer has a chance to make it in there, and that's another team in Region Seven. So you're looking at Region Seven has, you know, Dawson County who missed out, but. That's a team that's going to be very, very well coached under Coach Eric Herrick. They were 14 and 14 last year. You're looking at Gilmer, who was 18 and 8 
um, and they just missed out on uh, the uh, top 10. Uh, Lumpkin County, who I just mentioned at 15 and 11. Uh, I'm not even mentioning North Hall, who was 23 and 9 last year. They graduate all their seniors, but that's a really great program. And then another team that is on my list is a just missed White County, 20 and 9 last year, coming down from, uh, I believe they're in 4A last year, um, where they were in that region uh, with Flowery Branch, I want to say. That was a really good team last year. You're looking at them right now. Um, you know, last year in the first round in Class 4A, they beat Central Carrollton by 13. They ended up losing to Carver Columbus, and they kept it fairly close. They lost by 16 on the road, and you know how good Carver Columbus was last year. But White County, that's a team that has a really good senior duo, um, Dasha Cannon, and then you got Maddie Futch. Both those players are D- Division Two players. Really, really good. Um, and that's, you know, just senior laden group. They're going to win a ton of games. They're going to be really good. So you're looking at region seven, having upwards of four to five teams that could sniff the top 10 alone. And then my last team, I mentioned them earlier, Sandy Creek over there in region five, uh, a really good trio. So there's a lot of teams. I'm telling you, there's a lot of teams knocking on the door that can be in that top 10. It really stinks having to, you know, leave some teams out, but it just makes it all that more. Uh, competitive to see these teams rise to the occasion it's going to be some just slobber knockers like these region tournaments region seven region five region six there are going to be some really good teams that are going to get shut out of the state playoffs and it's a shame but that's just how it is and i don't know if we're having at large bids or not this year i don't have the the bracket in front of me right now i think that might have been something of the past but dang if we don't have it this year it would have been a great year to have another at large bid to let one of these great teams into the state tournament and Kyle, that will do it for our discussion of Class 3A. Um, as always, appreciate your time. If you're looking for the analysis from Class 7A through 4A that has been posted previously in this same feed of podcasts, Class 2A and the A's will come shortly hereafter. Um, as always, the full analysis is available via subscription on sandyspiel.com. You can find us on Twitter at KyleSandy355 and at SandySpiel. We appreciate your listening and we welcome your feedback. You can find us on Twitter. That's probably where we'd be most responsive. And until next time, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off. <laughs>